Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean. It's the after party, live from the mountains. Wanna cop some, shouldn't be a doubt about it. Looking for great reviews, then you found it. Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it. Yeah. Welcome to the other party, I divide. Well, you know we get a little come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the after party. And guess what? The secret is out. If you guys saw the last video on the channel, I mean, we might as well talk about it. Applehype.com is officially unveiled. It was the secret project that I was mentioning in last week's podcast. It's up. You can check it out right now. And I would recommend going to checking out the video because it kind of talks about what it is. I figure we could go a little bit more in depth about it right now if you guys want to. And by the way, I'll, I'll mark up like the timestamps down below. I still haven't gotten into podcast chapters. I apologize. It's something I'm going to work on. I'm really busy. got a lot going on. So that's on my list of things to do. But you can still check out the description and skip around if there's something. If you just want to get to the Apple news that's coming up, you can skip to it. But, but let's talk about Apple Hive just a little bit more. Can I just say, though, first of all, that... I'm, I'm just blown away by everybody's support. Uh, I don't know that I really got any negative comments at all. If anything, people were just like super excited and supportive. Everyone's like, this is a great idea. Uh, if, if there was any, you know, feedback, it was like a couple things. Please give us an RSS feed. Please give us an app version. So not just the website. And then, you know, I don't know, just some various feedback on like the design. Hey, can you change the colors to yellow? Uh, we want it to be more Apple-like or, you know, uh, so yeah, let's talk about these things. <laughs> and by the way, I'm glad you guys like it. I like it too. If I was an Apple person and not an Apple professional content creator, always talking about Apple, this is the site that I would have wanted for somebody to build and, and maintain. So, uh, so yeah, I'm glad that you guys like it. I'm glad that it resonated because sometimes when you build something, you're like, that's a good idea. Justin Jackson, if you guys are entrepreneurial of in any way, whether it's uh, you're creating a traditional startup or if you're like a content creator, if you do any kind of business, Justin Jackson is such a cool dude. You can follow him on Twitter. Actually, he's the guy, have I talked about him before? I can't remember. He's the guy that created Transistor.fm, which is the podcast service, the host that we use for the after party here. Uh, but he's just like a really brilliant, insightful guy. So I get a lot out of his tweets and a lot out of his blog, his articles on his site. But he had an article recently talking about how you shouldn't build something and then go looking for customers. You should see what customers are already looking for and then build something for that. And I feel like that's what Apple Hype really was. And based on the feedback, I feel like I it, it is resonating and I did deliver something, hopefully, that people already wanted. And I, I kind of knew that. I mean, I wouldn't have built it otherwise. I can just tell by the stats on my videos. People are looking for new apps. People are looking for new uh, accessories. People are looking for, you know, there, there's too much news. I guess let me just give you a quick rundown if you haven't seen the video, if you, if you have no idea what I'm talking about. So I built applehype.com. And what it is, it's three things every day. Three sentences, literally three sentences that are all links. One is going to show you, tell you about uh, one amazing new app every day, Monday through Friday, <laughs> weekends off. Uh, one just ingenious, really cool accessory every day for, for Apple users, for all the different devices. And then I also include one important headline every day. So the idea is you can come here and you can scan everything that's important that, that might matter to you in the Apple ecosystem every day in 15 seconds or less. That's Apple hype. 
There's no images to slow down your loading times. There's no clickbait headlines, no crazy over-the-top banner ads uh, or visuals. And I talked about in the launch video how it's sort of the opposite, the antithesis of something like the wire cutter or its sister site, the sweet setup, which are great sites with, with a lot of great information. The thing is they're so comprehensive and it's the direction that all websites have kind of gone in the last couple of years. I mean, two, three, I don't know, 4,000 plus word articles that are so comprehensive because they need to be in order to get search engine traffic. That's just the trend. And so this is the opposite. And I talked about how as a YouTuber, I can build something, tell people about it. And I, I'm not reliant on Google to funnel people over to my site. So I kind of break free of that cycle. And it's like, why do two or 3,000 words to tell somebody about something when literally one sentence will get the job done? It's better for everybody. So anyways, let me address a, a couple of things. A lot of people are asking for an RSS feed. Um, there is going to be an archive available of all the recommendations sometime in the near future. What I wanna do is sort of build up a, a bit of a back library first uh, similar to a streaming video platform. Let's say like when Disney Plus launched that product, they didn't just launch with a few items. They, they kind of did. It felt a little bit sparse, but there was they had to have a back catalog first. And so without giving away too much of our future plans, uh, there will be a, a full archive of all the things. So w every day, if, if you say there's about four uh, weeks in a month, give or take, right, depending on the month and year, then we're looking at basically 15 recommendations between the three categories every week or 60 items per month. So all that is going to be available. It's not going to be available via an RSS feed, though. And I know that's going to disappoint some of you, but listen, this is not a normal site. It's not, it, we're doing something totally different. And so you shouldn't expect the same old, same old thing, delivery mechanism, uh, that you see with other sites and blogs and articles and services. This is something different. So the archive is coming, I promise. Uh, it's going to be very interesting, I, I guess. But I think just just like you like the website as it is right now, I think you're going to like the way we implement the uh, archive as well. The second thing is people have been asking for an app, and it's something we could do. Um, we're debating whether or not we want to do that, make it an app, um, down to some technical stuff and some app store limitations. It's like we could make an app, but it may not necessarily be the best experience for you or for Apple hype overall with the, with the app store guidelines. It gets a little bit, uh, bogs down a little bit more than people are going to want to get into right now. So I don't know. It's something we're thinking about. So, uh, if I keep hearing feedback that that's really what people want, then I could definitely, we could do that, you know, very easily. But uh, here's the thing. In the meantime, you can go ahead and set the website as just a shortcut on your iOS device homepage. I'm sure you know how to do it, but if you go to applehype.com and then you click on the middle icon on your iPhone and then say, uh, add to home screen, then you can have it uh, create, you know, like a little pseudo icon there, which is a shortcut to the website. And, and that'll work really great. Basically, it'll give you the same experience that an app would except with an uglier icon because it it kind of i don't know why it doesn't pull the uh actual icon i need to look into that but but that'll be a good workaround in the meantime this is all very new um I'm, there's a deluge 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 or deluge there's a huge amount of feedback coming in and you know you got to keep in mind we're just getting started and we're a small team 
So it's going to take a little while for things to start taking effect. But I think we're off to a really good start. And I'll just say, you know, for like it, the site is yellow. It is yellow. It just needed its own identity, sort of. Um, I could have done just plain white and black. And it just seemed like, and I, maybe that would be good. I don't know. It just, when, I wanted people to think when they came here, like, this is something, its own thing. And I think the yellow accomplishes that. Maybe we'll change the colors on a rotating basis or something. And maybe just colorful will be the thing. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's about the information, right? And the time that it takes you to scan it, see it, take action on it, and move on with your day. And I think it's accomplishing that even as a yellow website right now. You know, something that's kind of interesting, though, speaking of RSS, <laughs> um, as I was preparing for Apple Hype and, and launching it and making sure that I myself as a curator, can absorb every piece of information about Apple and the Apple ecosystem every day uh, from a variety of different sources. I was putting together my own uh, tool set and pipeline for making sure that I can do that and, and sort through things. And you guys know I'm a big drafts user. That's a big part of it. You guys know I'm using Notion. That's a big part of it for, for note-taking stuff, like notes on steroids. But the other thing that kind of surprised me that I ended up using was Reader, R-E-E-D-E-R. It's an old app. It's been around. I think it's in the fourth or fifth version or iteration right now. It's an RSS feed reader. And the funny thing is it wouldn't work with Apple Hype because we are not providing an RSS feed <laughs> for obvious reasons. In the future, you guys will understand. Trust me. But in terms of, oh, hey, by the way, before we get any further, I also just have to mention, there's a very specific reason why I'm including a news item. Uh, on the Apple Hype website every day, the most important news item as I see it, the most interesting thing. And that is because when I'm scanning through all the news every day as just an Apple user, uh, whether it's me running daily tech or whether it's you just interested in Apple as an Apple user, there's so much duplication and clutter in my news feed because the same you know, 10 or 15 or 30 outlets cover every story. And it's just regurgitation and there's no point it just slows you down to have to weed through all that stuff to find the actual good stuff so that's why i included one headline but anyways i'm using reader and i'm i've set up several different feeds coming in so that i can keep abreast of of all the important and interesting stuff coming in. and i also use other sources and apps too i i would say i could count them all on my finger uh, on my on my hands on my finger uh, one one source no i can count them all on my hand like five five or less apps probably that I use every day to sort through everything, which is a lot. But uh, considering everything that's out there, it's just the way that it has to be done because not everything does have an RSS feed, right? But uh, I, it's been a long time since I've done anything RSS related. And I'm actually really liking the reader experience, except for one thing. It's a pain that it sets up a local profile for stuff. So if I set up, if I spend a lot of time set up some folders and stuff for RSS feeds, on like my iPhone, then unless I use a syncing service like Feedly or Feedbin or I don't know what all there is, then I can't get on my other devices either. And that's just a pain. It's a poor implementation. I don't know why. I wish I could just say, okay, this is on this device. Now export it and make sure share it through iCloud to all my other devices. Maybe I'm using it wrong because I'm just getting into it because like I said, RSS feeds, to me, they were dead. Like, <laughs> I never even thought about them for the last 10 years, RSS feeds. Uh, but I guess they are still kind of the backbone of, of certain apps and services. So it makes sense that they're still around. And, and I am enjoying this experience. It's nice that uh, I can pull out a better view of stuff without having to go into a read, 
read it later app it's there's like a bionic reading mode which is bizarre because it like emphasizes it's like a, a gradiated bolding to debolding of words which is supposedly help supposed to help you read stuff faster i don't like it i turned it off but it's interesting and then you know you can sort stuff um and see what's been read or favorited it's just it's a pretty good experience i just wish that it was easier to sync between all my devices reach out to me if there's a way i created you know my folders and stuff locally on my iphone how do i get that on my mac and stuff without having to reset everything up through you know feedly or something hit me up because look i'm chris the content creator I'm just like you guys, really. Uh, I'm just a normal dude trying to figure stuff out. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how every little thing works. I'm not Renee Ritchie, right? Or Vitici. Oh, you know, let me just mention something else. So, okay, Squarespace, they have been a uh, sponsor on the channel before. I think only once or twice or, uh, you know. So they've been a sponsor, but, but even if they weren't, I have used Squarespace for a lot of stuff before. The Daily Tech website, dailytech.com is daily tech t-e-k-k by the way is on squarespace has been uh it was on the old version squarespace they did something weird they they moved from like design 7.0 for the templates to 7.1 or something and so the the old daily tech site which has been around since for two years or something in this version uh it's on the old version and it needs to lo and behold upgrade to the new one and it's something I've been meaning to do forever. didn't want to. The site, I'm basically going to turn it into more or less of a placeholder. I might do uh, a little bit of blogging there, just kind of like behind the scenes uh, daily tech stuff, which which might be kind of interesting, actually. Uh, but more or less, it just needs to be kind of a placeholder. It says, here's everything that daily tech and Chris is working on. So I, I go in to update that. And it's, it's annoying because I have to, there's no way to upgrade from version 7.0 to 7.1 very easily. You have to create a new site, start it as a trial, and then just recreate everything that you need to. You can't like import or export the old stuff uh, into the new version. So you got to start from scratch, recreate the site. And then I, all I wanted was a way to prorate uh, the hosting for the new one. And the old one, I, I talked to support. It took forever because there's seven people in line ahead of me. Don't you hate that? And I finally talked to somebody on chat and I explained like, okay, so I'm going to launch the new version of the daily tech thing tomorrow, but can you just prorate? So I'm not double billed for the hosting for this month. I don't know. It's like 20 bucks or 22 bucks or whatever. Um, no, I don't want to pay 40 something dollars if I only need to pay 20. So I was like, can you prorate it? And she's like, no, as per our refund policy, can't do that. But here's 10% off, you know, when you sign up for the new one. So I don't know. That's a bummer, you know, to have promoted Squarespace in the past and to be using them. I, I do like the system, the way that you can insert blocks of text and stuff. It's a good, solid system. It's just that that's really dumb. That's really lame. I, I just don't appreciate that. And just so you guys, I'll, I'll be totally honest about sponsors. Just because somebody has been a sponsor or could be a sponsor, you know, I'm saying I do like Squarespace, but I'll tell you guys the truth about it, too. Just so you know, a lot of people are always like, oh, he's paid by Apple. I'm never paid by Apple come on uh or he's paid by whatever wh whoever sponsored this oh no wonder he made this video because because of the sponsor no 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 everything's on the up and up here and this just goes to show you um i guess before we get into apple news I, I see a lot of people reach out to me from time to time they're like hey i'm just getting started what's your advice uh i want to be uh, i want to start this youtube channel or a podcast whatever the thing is i i just don't have time to talk to everybody about that that has a question. Um, but I will just generally say, if you're listening to this and you want to start something, you, whether it's a YouTube channel or whatever, 
the only regret that I have is not starting sooner. When Daily Tag started, I, I had a job that I just hated. I was bored at, didn't like, got no joy out of. So Daily Tech was born as sort of a side project. It was a blog, and this is like in 2012. And, you know, we were famous at the time within just a couple of months for our top 100 lists, really got into lists. And every year I had a top 100 best websites, and it was like famous uh, on the internet at the time. People still ask about it. When's the next one coming out? I haven't done it for years. But anyways, uh, but then some Google search engine update came along in a, in a few years and just killed us in the search rankings. And it was time to think about something else, start over. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get into video stuff. And I did. And there was a huge learning curve. Uh, started with the set. Like we built an eight by eight cube out in the garage um, for some walls. It was tiny. It was cold. It was hot, depending on the weather. And uh, But there was a huge learning curve. Everything stank. But you have to start somewhere. And so I did... And man, how many times do I wish I had started the YouTube channel when I started the blog and had those extra three years? Because back in 2012, that's when a lot of the huge tech channels had started their YouTube channel right around that time. And I went into blogging instead of getting into video. And sometimes I wonder how big the channel could be if I just had those extra three years um, going. But I don't regret that at all. Um, we made you know a good living off of the blog there and stuff and until the Google update crushed that um and then it was a little painful for for a while I, I actually dumped my retirement from my other jobs uh into the video so it was like either either i can go out and get another job or we can really give it a go for daily tech go full-time no more part-time stuff and it was a little bit painful just so you know everyone's like oh chris man tech reviewers they get free stuff and and life's just the best and no 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 whenever you see somebody oftentimes people see people at the top of the mountain they think. and But nobody sees the climb up. And there was a climb for Daily Tech, believe me. And plus, I don't consider myself at the top of the mountain either. Everything's relative. Keep that in mind. Somebody's always got a bigger yacht. But yeah, I, I, all this to say, though, I do just wish that I'd started things sooner. Um, and, you know, there's about three jobs even before I started Daily Tech, the blog, before it was ever Daily Tech, the, the YouTube channel, much less any of our other projects like the podcast and Apple hype or whatever. Um, my sliced apple. I'm you know what? I told you guys my slice, my sliced apple might be dead. I, I'm rethinking that there might be a comeback. We'll see, but you have to know there's a time and it's an important part of the process. Whoever you are and whatever you end up becoming and doing, there's this time where you're learning and where you're trying and failing a lot, I think. And maybe you're not building the thing, but it's all part of that, that eventually becomes your big thing, but it's all part of the process. And if you don't have these years probably of attempts and, and trials, uh, you're not going to end up becoming whatever you become or, or building that, that big thing that finally sticks. Um, and it's just because you have to acquire experience. You have to acquire, uh, knowledge and skills and, and intuition, and you have to make connections, um, and network with people. And that just takes time. And because there's that period that just takes time and it's, it's a while. I just, I, my advice to you is to start sooner because it's going to take longer than you think to get to wherever it is that you want to go. And it's, there's going to be a time where you don't know. Um, and it, it might be a little bit tough and scary. Like when, when it was like, the safe thing would have been to try to go out and get another job. I just couldn't stomach it. I didn't want to go out and work for somebody else anymore. I've been in these three jobs 
uh, for the same organization at, at various levels with just people I didn't respect and, and you know, doing work that didn't make a, a difference at all in the world. In fact, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really respect what they were doing at all. So in order to be able to be my own boss and do the things that I'm passionate about and not help build somebody else's goals or vision or dream, then it required me to be like, this is, feels risky, but I'm going to take this retirement money and I'm going to plow it into this new business. And then you can say, now, look what happened. But at the time, <laughs> man, at the time, I don't know exactly at what point this was. I had a friend who was like, hey, man, don't be afraid of like going to the food bank if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just to tell you. I mean, it wasn't just like a joyride, okay? Uh, but that being said, everything's working out great uh, at the moment. But it takes those times and just time in general to, to get there. So start. My, my advice to you is start. Don't wait. Hmm. Should we get into the Apple news? I think so. And should we talk about WWDC first? I think so. Uh, WWDC, Worldwide Developer Conference, um, it's Apple's software-focused event every year. Sometimes there's hardware. It's uh, it's more rare. The developers all come. I got invited once. It's the one Apple event that I've ever been to. And to be honest, I feel like I was sort of a last-minute addition <laughs> based on the timing of the invitation. I remember when I got the invite, I was like, it came in my email from the PR people at Apple, and I wrote back. I was like, is this real? And they wrote back, and they're like, it's real. <laughs> and anyways, I was so happy. It was awesome. Uh, so fun. That's, that's when I first met Jonathan Morrison, uh, introduced myself to MKBHD, um, I Justine, several other people. Um, so, oh, Judner, it was, it was cool. That was fun. Um, I haven't been back to an Apple event. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I got invited because the channel was even smaller then. Um, I remember talking to Jonathan Morrison. I was like, I don't know why I'm here. And he said, well, you're the app guy, right? And I was like, oh, oh. That's how people view me, I guess, because I didn't think of myself as the app guy. But it's interesting, you know, looking back, uh, I did cover apps a lot, even though I thought of myself as a tech channel. Like I also did reviews and stuff, but that's not what people I don't think necessarily saw the channel as then. And I've since sort of embraced that. I was like, well, maybe it's okay to be the app guy if that's what people can think whatever I am in their brains as long as they like it. Um, but yeah, since then, uh, I think I've become maybe even more so the app guy. So maybe it made sense that I was invited there. Uh, oh, Sarah DG, she was there too, uh, sat by her that it was cool. There was, there was some other people. Um, and then I was like, well, I guess this is it. I'm getting invited to all the Apple events now. No, that's not what happened at all. Oh, by the way, that's why I met Renee Ritchie who has since become, you know, I, I consider him a friend. We don't, uh, talk all that much. Uh, certainly not in person, but but every now and then I can ask him about something, you know, because uh, he's been around. He's he's a veteran of not just uh, like the journalism side, but he's getting into YouTube. He's such a good guy. Uh, I love his content, and he's just a really cool human being. So shout out to Renee. He's really helped me out personally a lot, whether directly or indirectly. Just good advice, good example. Anyways, uh, WWDC. It's coming up here shortly, normally, and everyone, it's basically, it's going to be canceled. We know it's going to be canceled. Google canceled IO, which is their version of WWDC. Several other tech companies and conferences have canceled events too, out in California, and just in general, just out of fears of coronavirus stuff and not wanting to spread it. So it's kind of just a public health thing. Oh, 
by, by the way, let me just say this. I have another funny WWDC story before we talk more about it. I went, uh, I think last year, I went to WWDC and uh, I went out and I, I, like the day before I went, I contacted, I was like, hey, I'm out here. Like if somebody drops out, if there's, I'm out here anyways, you know, if, if you got an extra spot, I'm happy to come in. They're like, oh, I wish you had told me a couple days earlier. Maybe could have fit you in. Uh, so I didn't end up getting in. But, and, and actually I thought, well, you know, I'll still connect with people. It'll be fun, networking. Well, I watched everyone walk in. Uh, and there went all the YouTubers. Nobody even saw me on the outside to say hey or anything. So I was really bummed. Uh, didn't get to network at all. So what I did was end up going to the coffee shop uh, a couple blocks away from the convention center. I think it was a Starbucks. And I set up and I watched the live stream and I, I made my script and my outline and my notes and went and shot a video about it afterwards. So I was there without being there. I'm still glad I went though. Uh, it was fun. Like uh, several people recognized me. I got to go. That's the time when I got to go tour the Apple uh, headquarters, not the headquarters, but the visitor center, which is right across the street from the new campus. And that was cool. And I did run into some other YouTubers there, like you can see in the video. And, and you know, got to. Ch- I sat down for coffee uh, with somebody drinking some nitro, ooh, nitro, at uh, the visitor center there. And I sat down. I was like, "Hey, can I sit here?" Because there's no other tables. And yeah, hey, oh, hey, I'm a subscriber. It was cool. I got to meet a bunch of sub- subscribers and stuff too. So it was fun. But anyways, we know WWC is effectively canceled. There, the government, the local government, said at this time. We recommend postponing or canceling mass gatherings and large community events with large numbers of people uh, where people are going to be within arm's length of each other. So more or less, the government is saying, don't do it. Now, everybody but Apple's basically announced they're, they've canceled at this point. There's no way that Apple's not going to cancel. And so everyone's talking about, well, what are they going to do instead? Well, I think um, they're probably likely to still hold an event in their, maybe in the Steve Jobs Theater. And, you know, do the stage thing with the cameras and the, the graphics and announce everything. And then maybe there will be no crowd or maybe there'll just be some Apple employees instead of, you know, press and, and you know, the full auditorium. So at least you still get the clapping. Right. And the reaction. But effectively, I mean, a ton of people tune in anyways uh, for the live, you know, stream when I don't when I don't do something like get invited or go out myself and end up working at the coffee shop I mean I just sit on the couch and watch it on the tv take some notes and then go do a reaction video just like everybody and that's cool it works it's fine you still and what I do is here's here's my system uh I load up I usually have my ipad I split the screen and I put the verges live blog on one side now I might not have this that this year if they're not going and then I put my notes on the other side and then I got the live stream going on the tv and that's sort of my system. Got a nice coffee. Uh, it makes for an event. It's good. I plan on it. It's, it's like watching a movie for me. So I think it's likely to just be a virtual WWDC this year. Now, there's other implications beyond just like, oh, the people watching and getting the news out. Because there's usually stuff for developers, like physical live things where developers can go and learn and interact with some Apple employees and talk about you know the new announcements and how to implement them. It's It's the ecosystem of the community that creates things for you as an Apple user, end user, learning about how to make all the new features and stuff, how to integrate that into their apps. And it's all a big part of making everything better for us just as users. So that, uh, I don't know how that's going to happen, probably through either the WWDC app, the official app, or some something else. That'll be virtual too, I'm sure. 
And how good will that work? I don't know. There is something about being somewhere in the same room with other people and interacting with them. And and just, you know, uh, here's here's like the thing. When I was when I was out there last year, Renee was like, hey, I'll meet you uh, at the hotel lobby and we'll just chat. And then he introduced me to um, Gruber from Daring Fireball and the guys from 1Password. Renee knows everybody. Uh, and it was just nice. It's nice to be able to to interact and talk with people live in person. And if it's virtual, you're going to miss out on some of that. Now, the other option, if they don't go all virtual, would be to just delay it. And I don't know. That that could be a possibility too. Of course, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting Apple news and products and stuff simmering on the horizon. So if they delayed it, then would they combine that with some other you know, more hardware and product-focused stuff? Or were they going to do that anyways? I'm not sure. I do know whatever happens. I mean, maybe <laughs> I was talking to somebody else, one of our sponsors, and they're like, you know what I'm expecting is just a press release. And then boom, whatever's new is going to appear on the website. That's a possibility too, without any kind of live stream. I don't know. Um, but it's just kind of funny because Google's just like, oh yeah, we'll cancel that. And, and Adobe, oh yeah, we'll cancel that. Facebook, cancel that. But Apple, in true Apple fashion, is just kind of secretive about their plans. It makes sense. It fits their persona. But yet, it's part of like it's part of why I think that very thing. Everyone is so crazy to know what's going on. They keep the tension high and the interest high too. Here's a little tidbit. I don't know if you guys caught. It says Apple is now allowing ads in notifications. What? So Apple, they recently changed their App Store guidelines, which are the guidelines that you got to follow if you're going to be in the App Store to allow developers to use push notifications for advertising. Oh, just so you can get the full picture here before we discuss, here is what actually got updated. Here's the actual wording. Push notifications must not be required for the app to function and should not be used to send sensitive personal or confidential information. Push notifications should not be used for promotions or direct marketing purposes unless customers have explicitly opted in to receive them via consent language displayed in your app's UI, that's user interface, and you provide a method in your app for the user to opt out from receiving such messages. Abuse of the services may result in revocation of your privileges. So what are we talking about here? Do you know what I'm saying here when I say push notifications? Uh, when you're in an app and an app asks you when you set it up for the first time for permission to send you notifications and then Let's say it's Twitter and you you say, okay, send me notifications. And then every time somebody mentions you in a tweet, you get a little banner that pops up on the top of your screen or however you got it set up for your notifications because they're pretty customizable that says, hey, so-and-so mentioned you, whatever. That's like, it's basically a pop-up on your phone, like a, a pop-up on a website, but on your phone. And so you go, usually you want to be really careful about what notifications you allow because you don't want to get inundated with, you know, just boop, 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 boop. All these pop-ups can be annoying. So I've turned all, most of those off. Or you can also set them to silently deliver, which means it's not going to pop up. But then if you swipe down from the top of your screen, you'll see everything that's been delivered silently still. It's just not going to bug you quite so much. So that's that's what we're talking about here. But an ad. So, so there's some restrictions. You would have to opt into it, and there has to be a way for you to opt out of it. But, you know, it's it, it's I don't want that. It's weird for Apple as a company, they, they like to help limit advertising uh, tracking and stuff, but Apple doesn't limit advertising. It's just the tracking in the, in the personal identification aspect of advertising, if you think about it. 
I've always, it's been kind of a sore spot for me that if you subscribe to Apple News, you get ads still. Apple News Plus uh, or whatever, the premium news service. I don't like that. I don't want any ads if I'm paying $10 a month, but yet there's ads. They're not tracking me, but there's still ads cluttering it all up and I don't like it. So Apple's not ad averse. Uh, it's just they're they're going to play up, you know, that we're not going to let people track you. Yeah, they're not ad averse. Uh, we're seeing that right here. They're going to let uh, app developers be able to send you notifications that have ads in them. I mean, people have been pointing out we're already overloaded with ads. That's why on Apple Hype, there's not a single banner ad. No images at all. It's a refuge. If my phone buzzes and pops something up, it better be useful. I want it to be not just useful, but something I actually care about. And I guess someone could make the argument that, well, the best advertising is useful. If you go on Instagram, <laughs> the advertising there often is so targeted that I find myself like, oh, yeah, what is this? Um, but still, I don't want that. I, I, I just don't like that this can even exist as a notification. I remember speaking of, you know, the history of daily tech back when we were a blog, there were several services. This is a new thing where you could let people opt in to get notifications when you posted new content. That was a, that was a new thing back in the day. And I remember we implemented that through a service and people were coming back, they would turn it on and then we would, we would post and then they would contact us and be like, I can't turn these off. How do I turn these off? I don't want to be notified every time you do that. It's just, it creates a mess. It's basically the same thing we're talking about here. Now, we're going to get all kinds of ways that people use this. Some, some app developers are going to be like, I'm not using this. And then I will applaud them and say, thank you. And then some are going to use it really sparingly. Uh, but, but look, like I don't know exactly what this means, but I can imagine, for instance, there's a game that I like. It's called Badland Brawl. featured on the channel a lot. And there's like in-app purchases, which I don't like. But what if they're pinging you uh, all the time? Hey, for $5, get this. For, you know, I, I don't want that. Is spam. Here's another interesting thing. The world of marketing is crazy. I saw a service. Okay, here's where it goes back. Gary Vee, if you follow him, if you're an entrepreneur, you probably know who that is. Uh, he's really been getting into text message marketing lately. And so I was kind of looking at that. I was like, hey, is there something to that? Is that a good way to connect with people? And I remember I found this one service, and one of their things was, this is one of their lines to sell the service, is that there's no spam filter baked into text messaging. What? Did you hear that? So basically what they're saying is once you get somebody's phone number, it's really hard for them to, to block you. And they, they were touting that as like a good feature. Like email, there's a spam filter. Text messages, no spam filter. Well, notifications, uh, I guess you have to opt into it, but it's going to start feeling like just a way to enable spam. Um, like one person covering this said, the world doesn't need additional opportunities to advertise to us. Keep it confined to inside of the app. Opening this door is the wrong move by Apple, and I'm not excited to see how some developers will take advantage of it. I think I basically echo that. What do you think? Here's something that's kind of interesting. You guys probably know Apple Map recently just revamped and, and finished re-rolling out a brand new update. Uh, it's, it's much more on par with what we're seeing from Google, although probably Google still has more features. But to combat uh, Google Maps, Apple's coming out with some new uh, content that's gonna live within Apple Maps. So editorial content, we're talking about recommendations for stuff. Now we're, we're getting this information based on a job listing that appeared. 
And by the way, the job listing was posted and then also deleted very quickly. But uh, what it suggested was that Apple's looking to, quote, build a brand new content category, end quote, for Apple Maps. Um, the job listing was called Product Manager Maps Writer slash Editor. And it was a position in Culver City, California. We're getting way too far into the details here. But that's actually a common location for Apple editorial jobs. But the role of this person was then going to be to build and grow a brand new content category for the Apple Maps team. Here's a full description. Mapping products are evolving beyond being primarily point-to-point -point vehicle navigation to becoming location-based services platforms that help one make sense of the physical world. In addition to multiple forms of available and future mobility, these products also offer local and global exploration, travel planning, indoor venue navigation, editorial curation, and education, among others. Apple Maps is ready to meet these challenges and is looking for someone to help build exciting and engaging editorial content to help Maps users explore their world, whether that's locally or when they're planning an amazing vacation. <laughs> so uh, let's dive a little bit deeper into this because there was some more information. So uh, here's the qualifications that you need if you wanted to apply for this job. Insatiable curiosity for discovering new places and a passion for telling the world in an engaging manner knowledge of food, travel, and shopping trends, and strong editing skills to help craft engaging editorial content. So what this reminds me of is the App Store redesign. Um, not long ago, Apple came out with a brand new revamp of the App Store, and it went from being just kind of a list of new apps to having some editorial content. And so now you find collections of stuff, now you find deep dives on apps or the developers behind apps kind of give you a full picture of something. And, and I think that's what Apple's considering doing here with maps. It sounds like, and honestly, I think it makes sense. This makes a lot more sense than allowing push ads notifications. So I think what you could expect maybe is once this rolls out, you get something like the today tab in the app store or the for you tab in the Apple music app. And I think the way that this would work is you need a ton of people writing content because the world is absolutely enormous. Uh, and so it's probably just gonna start with the big cities at first, uh, obviously. But if you're local, then Apple could be telling you about hotspots that are either new or that you wouldn't know about, which is cool. I, I welcome that for sure. And then if you're a traveler, then you also uh, are gonna be able to get stuff too. Now this information is available elsewhere for sure, but, to take somebody really knowledgeable and have them creating high quality content that lives in the app that you're already looking for stuff anyways, that just makes a lot of sense. It's gonna be time saving, it's gonna be convenient, and I'm kind of excited to like, it's just a map app, right? But that's me, like I, get, I do get excited about every little detail about these kind of things. So yeah, I can say I'm excited to see what this is gonna be like. Okay, we, I think this is worth talking about. It's not Apple, but it is Apple, and it's just ridiculous. How do you, if the Chinese company named Oppo, I'm just gonna call it Oppo, Oppo or Oppo, I don't know, but I'm gonna say Oppo. They've come out with a new smartwatch and guess what? It looks exactly like what just minoriest of minoriest details uh, changed, just like the Apple Watch. Just an absolute shameless ripoff from the way that the call screen looks to the actual shape of the thing and the bands. It's ridiculous. I'm not in the Chinese market. And I understand that the mindset is very different over there in China, especially for instance. Do I care that this is a ripoff? Do I even know? Maybe I don't even know. And, and this is obviously not the first time this has happened. Huawei and other companies have uh, 
taken just shot for shot the the design cues from Apple products, whether it's the MacBook or the phone, iPhone and or the Apple Watch, and just shamelessly cloned them. Because here's the thing: the reason why I ask if I'm a consumer over there, do I care? Uh, let's talk about like AirPods ripoffs. There's so many AirPods and did I talk about this? Sometimes I don't know if I'm repeating myself or where I've already said something on what platform, but you know, somebody sent me these AirPod uh, clones, ripoffs that looked very much like the first gen AirPods. This has been a while now, but I, but they they weren't AirPods and maybe they even sounded decent. I never actually tried them. Uh, and there's plenty that are now looking just like the AirPods Pro. So is it good enough for somebody to have something that looks like it? Because then effectively everybody thinks that you have the real thing. But then you're missing out on actual good features. Like it's not going to pair with your iPhone in the same way and play with the Apple ecosystem in the same way. Uh, and it's going to be missing some of the key features, but you'll have the look. Is that good enough for some people? I, I, is that what they're after, you know? I don't know. I don't get it. It just doesn't make sense. If I was the person designing this, I wouldn't feel good about it because for me, originality and creativity, that's everything. And so just to, you're not, you're not building, you're not making anything. There's a really great book called zero to one by Peter Thiel. And it's, it's more about startups, but it talks about if you, if you copy something, it's, it's a very horizontal thing, right? And you just end up with clones and, but, but to do something truly new and different, you're going vertical, you're, you're building up, you're going in a different direction than everybody else. And you're actually creating something new that adds value. It's much harder to do that, but I wouldn't be satisfied just making a copy of something i want to be the originator if i can help it and what's funny too as i'm just looking at the picture you have all these people like i want a round apple watch uh and lots of android you know devices uh manufacturers they make a round watch face and and some people really really like that but what happened here <laughs> oppo they they got the exact shape of the apple watch screen too with the it just the rounded bezel everything it looks exactly the same why? Because Apple's onto something with the Apple Watch. And, and I've talked about this before, but Apple's, they're not trying to do the, the uh, they, they could have looked at watches as they've been for hundreds of years with the shape and everything and said, we're going to do that, but digital. No, Apple said the Apple Watch, it has the opportunity to be something different. And the screen doesn't have to be a circle. And we can do this because it'd be better for displaying information and text that scrolls. And it doesn't have to all fit into a circle just because that's the way that older analog watches looked. But somebody came along and just said, oh yeah, that makes sense. Let's copy that. I just don't get it. And I don't like it. I, I don't know why I'm even mentioning it. Just to say, uh, if go look up a picture, if you're listening to this in the car or something after, and just, you'll just be flabbergasted by what you see. <laughs> so here's something that's kind of interesting. Well, so we're talking about coronavirus a lot, you know, lately in the news and everywhere. I've even mentioned on the show before. And it's well known that your phone is one of the dirtiest things in your house. It's just full of got bacteria just crawling all over it. And there's been this product. Actually, there's several things. I'm, I'm seeing coverage of several things. It's kind of a trend. One thing, there's all these antimicrobial cases. There's several uh, out there on the market. So there's that, I guess, marketers are, are pushing and by some companies that you might recognize. Uh, but there's also this thing called phone soap. And I've seen it before. And I always thought, huh, that's interesting. But why would ever anybody use that or own it? You know, because I have my phone all the time and I'm never, you know, ending up in a hospital because I got sick from it that I know of. You know, maybe I've gotten sick and it's because of my phone. I don't know. But, you know, life goes on. I've had my phone. I've had no phone soap and no antimicrobial case, but whatever. But 
coronavirus is here now. And so I was like, hmm, what is that phone soap thing? Uh, well, there's actually a new one. It's the Phone Soap Pro, <laughs> and it lets you remove, remove, man, I must be tired. Uh, I have had some coffee, so it can't be that. It lets you remove those germs on your phone in just five minutes using UVC light. It's interesting. So it has a, it's a bay. It's sort of like a thing you set your phone in, and then you close it on top, and then the light uh, supposedly cleans it all up. So the new version has a larger bay and quicker cleaning time than the previous phone soap models. And it costs 120 bucks. It's not cheap. So the electronic sanitizer, it works with your smartphone, big and small, and kills those germs in five minutes, but you're gonna pay a price. And for that price, and even with the bigger bay, it's not gonna fit your tablet. So I don't know how dirty exactly tablets get compared to phones, but <laughs> there's no tablet soap. So this is really uh, what, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Is it worth it just to get your phone clean? Maybe it is, because maybe that is the dirtiest thing. But I mean, you handle your phone, then you handle other stuff, you know. There's not a soap thing for you that you can step inside that UV lights all the bacteria off, you know. Uh, but this is all, here, here's some, an interesting stat. According to the University of Arizona, they did a study, an office desk where many phones reside for over 40 hours every week has hundreds of times more bacteria per square inch than an office toilet seat. What? At the same time, the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine found fecal matter present on one out of every six smartphones. And PhoneSup itself, they did a study and they found that the smartphone has uh, 18 times more bacteria than a public restroom. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if your phone's gross and dirty and you're touching it all the time, even if you're washing your hands but it's still dirty, uh, you know, and then you touch other stuff and you got other people in the family or at your workplace, they, their phones are gross and they're touching stuff. What, how, I don't know how big of an impact is something like the phone soap going to actually have, you know, I'm just a little bit skeptical. I, I don't think that it doesn't do a good job. Maybe I, it probably does. It's just the phone. It's just one thing that you interact with out of your whole day, you know, and everybody else isn't using a phone soap, you know? So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just a little bit skeptical uh, how awesome this would make your life. Where's the stats on that? Here is an interesting story that kind of caught my eye. I think it sort of flew under the radar recently, but there's a story out about how researchers can hijack Siri with inaudible ultrasonic waves, which sounds a little bit crazy, doesn't it? So you don't want somebody being able to access Siri and then maybe your personal information or doing something with your phone while it's in your pocket or something you don't even know. That would be weird. And coincidentally, not really coincidence, but just interestingly, I said interestingly, uh, you know, when, when there's a Siri commercial or something on TV, Apple has set up a way where advertisers can like digitally bleep out the word Siri or whatever so that they can say whatever they need to for the product so that it makes sense in the commercial without actually activating all your devices. I wish I had that on the channel. Because I say it all the time. People are like, oh, you activated all my devices. And sometimes I do it as a joke. I'm going to be honest. I got to have some fun, right? But no, actually, most of the time I do. I did that maybe once. So, I mean, there are all these ways of manipulating voice assistants already. But but now we're at the stage where you have to think about, you know, somebody hacking you <laughs> in these crazy ways like this through your voice assistant. Now, what's crazy about it is it's inaudible to the human ear. So it could be used to read messages. It could be used to make fraudulent phone calls. 
or to take pictures maybe without somebody's knowledge. I mean, if you think about it, it could do some bad stuff. So what they are calling this, it's called a surfing attack, all one word. And how it works is it uses high frequency inaudible sound waves to activate and interact with a device's digital assistant. While similar attacks have served in the past, surfing attack focuses on the transmission of those said waves through solid materials like tables. So all they need is a $5 piezoelectric transducer. There's a new word for you attached to the underside of a table to send those ultrasonic waves and activate your voice assistant without you even knowing. So, I mean, you could be at the restaurant and somebody's hooked up all these piezoelectronic whatevers all over the place, you know, and there you go for, for really, really cheap. The researchers, I guess you'd call these guys white hat hackers, right? They're, they're doing this for the good of everybody, but they're even more devious because what they'll first do is send in an audible command to lower the device's volume. Because if you activate the voice assistant, you're going to hear it talking back, right? So they got that covered. They're going to lower the volume first and then tell it what to do. Now, I guess it's not effective against everything. Just select uh, iPhones, select pixels, select Galaxy devices are vulnerable. So not everything. And also, they didn't say which specific iPhones were actually the ones that were vulnerable. Anyways, I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy. Crazy times that we live in. I think for the last thing of the day, I want to talk about uh, the fact that it's being predicted that we're going to see... A crazy, speaking of crazy, iPhone 12 super cycle driven by, quote unquote, the perfect storm for upgrades. You know, you got these financial guys uh, always analyzing stuff for Wall Street purposes. You know, how's the stock going to perform? Well, the stock's driven by these actual product sales and whether they're successful or failures. And they're always trying to, you know, predict what the future has coming. And so, it's being predicted that the next iPhone cycle is going to be a super cycle. Now, for a long time, Apple's had these TikTok cycles where there's a new phone. It's actually very new, looks new, has new components in. That's the tick. And then the talk swings back the other way. And next year, maybe you just get some internal upgrades and slight bumps, you know, to the specs or whatever. And so the TikTok cycle. So every now and then you run into this super cycle where just it's all the right circumstances come together and everyone, more people than usual, decide now's the year to upgrade. Whether the, the features are just so compelling, the new features, or maybe you know just they've had this phone for three or four years, uh, a bunch of people that bought it from a different super cycle, and it's just, it's time now. For whatever the reason is, more people than not end up buying into the new phone. So that's what's being predicted for the iPhone 12. Here's this statement from Barron's. While the last few weeks have been an exogenous, there's another word for you, shock event to Apple's ecosystem on both the supply and demand side due to its China exposure, we believe this will be short-lived as the longer-term 5G supercycle thesis and services re-rating remain the crux, boy, this guy likes the words, doesn't he, of our bull thesis on Apple for the next 12 to 18 months. Can you guys work the words exogenous and crux and thesis into your day today? I'd like to see it. So this quote unquote perfect storm of demand, do I say quote unquote too much? But you guys got to know somebody, I'm quoting somebody. Uh, but the quote unquote storm, perfect storm of demand is coming from iPhone upgrades this fall with around 350 million of Apple's over 900 million iPhone customers being in a window of upgrade opportunity. 
So uh, this particular analyst, he's saying he thinks Apple's going to sell between 200 million and 215 million iPhones during the September 21 fiscal year. So there's a lot of things driving this. One thing would be 5G connectivity. Uh, 5G is like broadband for your phone. Really, really fast, crazy internet speeds for your phone. Different companies implementing it different ways. And my guess is that uh, an iPhone will probably have a way to interact with whether it's a millimeter or the other method of 5G, probably will work on whatever network you need it to, just every iPhone. I think this is interesting. You know, we go through these cycles where everyone's like, the iPhone is so boring. And then later, whoa, the new iPhone's so great. And then all the other companies come out with something. Oh, foldable phone. iPhones are dumb now. Oh, oh, wait, Apple's got this new thing and it just works and I can get the upgrades forever and not just for three years. Uh, actually, I'm just going to stick with the iPhone. You know, it's back and forth all the time. And we're also in this interesting time where people feel like Apple have moved beyond as a company being a hardware company. And we're, we're really more in the services uh, era of Apple. And that's where their growth is going to be. And you shouldn't just think about Apple as the iPhone company or the Mac company anymore. It's really more about services. But even with that thinking in that era, here we can still have an iPhone super cycle. It's going to be so important to Apple. Uh, it's just interesting. Anyways, uh, let's wrap it up for the week right there. There's always more to talk about, uh, just limited on time as, as usual, but thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, really, really enjoying the podcast. I hope you guys are too in the future. Um, got some stuff going on here with daily tech over the next several months, but in the future, I do plan on getting back into, uh, making this not just an audio thing, but a video thing too. And we, I kind of experimented with that at the very beginning of the after party, but in the future, there should be a video experience to go along with the audio experience. So if you just want to listen on your commute, cool. But if you also want to catch you know, the video, have it, have it going uh, while you're at work or something, that's, that's going to be available sometime in the future. Um, just got to iron out some stuff first. I want to make sure we can do it and do it right and good. And um, So anyways, uh, yes, do check out applehype.com if you haven't yet. Check it back every day, Monday through Friday. And the time that that resets, in case you're wondering, is 11 a.m. Eastern time here in the U.S. So really, uh, you could check it before that and see something and check it after that and see something. So you don't have to check back every day. I guess as a hack, you could check back like every other day <laughs> and still not miss anything. Uh, but either way, set an alarm and check it. Or set it as your, a lot of people are setting it as their homepage. Remember those? Uh, yeah still a thing. All right. I'll catch you guys in the next video or podcast. Later. Welcome to the other party out of Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party out of Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Since all 12 are giving you the heat, the reviews from Chris, you gotta see. Daily Tech got the facts that you need, and it's a whole crew you gotta meet. 
After party is the place you gotta be And you can't really beat it cause it's free Trying to give you unbiased critiques Quality you should take it from me Cause we care about our customers Pull up a seat, got a whole team Giving you the best and do it by any means Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean It's the after party, live from the models Wanna cop some, shouldn't be a doubt about it Looking for great reviews, then you found it Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it yeah. Welcome to the other party, out of vibe When you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got a light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah Welcome to the other party, out of vibe Where you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got a light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah